0: Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field report. Spotty showers have just about covered all of the dry area. It's really given us some relief. Uh, Had a lot of fields that uh, were up against the wall and and we got uh, anywhere from six tenths to over an inch. We actually even received .96 here at the office since the last podcast Uh, That was our biggest rain so far and it really started to turn things around. So a lot of the uglies uh, out there in the corn are now disappearing this week. Also seeing that with the herbicide issues. So both corn and beans are turning around moving in the right direction. Um, Situation where this rain not only turned the crops around it did wake up a lot of weeds. Uh, This week a lot of weeds have showed up in the row. Of course, this is an aftermath of no rain this spring with our pre emergence on uh, and no rain uh, before we planted. So, as we swept the residue out of the way, of course, we swept the herbicide with it. So, the the row cleaners um, are part of the problem here. In some fields, uh, new flush has started since the post applications have been applied. So, as we're walking some of these fields, we can see the post application did its job. But the weeds are coming back with a vengeance within the row, which means that you, you, if your post herbicide doesn't have any reach back in it to be recharged with these moistures, you're probably not going to stop those weeds, and you're going to have to go back out there and attend to those weeds that are coming in the row. Now, complaining to your retailer here isn't going to help man, because he can't do anything with those uh, weeds that are in there because there's no herbicide on them itself. So. Uh, pest boss need to go back to the field and scout where you got the rain you've been dry and start to watch uh, for those weeds that are going to explode right in the row where the row cleaners were doing their job first round of side dressing is pretty well finished uh, and that's good because this corn is growing fast it's going to outstretch most tractors with the fast growing corn this past week and some post herbicide applications uh, especially those with growth growth regulators in it we saw some green snap when these spot storms came through, uh, especially on the north-south rows. So the east-west rows fared better, the north-south rows, depending on fields and situations anywhere from 5,600 to as high as 2,500 plants that were green snap. Again, the fast, fast growth and growth regulators made that corn brittle, which puts it at risk for green snap not uncommon to be hybrid related as well where you have one hybrid it might be 1500 2000 snapped and one only have maybe three four hundred snap per acre Uh, question is will this corn come back Uh, all the corn that i looked at that was green snap will not Uh, it is a lost ear now you may see some suckering take place uh, from the stub of that what's left there but you're not going to get an ear so if your pest boss has already done projected ear counts, uh, they'll need to go back and adjust those. Again, these plants will actually be hard to find by harvest. They'll dry up and and kind of shrivel away. But uh, again, it's most uh, what we've dealt with is in the um, north south rows that took on the storms this past week. Especially if there's any hail in it, that seemed to make it worse. As I look at this crop in a kind of a broad spectrum uh, I I guess I see some of the best stands we've seen in a long time and a large percentage of the acres I think the prospects look good if we can just keep up with the water as we need it so I'm I'm excited about this crop right now the reports that are coming in from the east they don't sound so good you guys out there dealing with a lot of rain issues a lot of replant issues Um, I'm sure hoping this weather turns around for you guys I can, I can feel for you out there as far as trying to get things started. Looks like our guys to the north, even though they got a late start, they're going to end up with some phenomenal stands as well. We had a lot of calls this week concerning flowering beans. Uh, April planted early beans, are flowering, in that V5, V6 uh, range. And they have flowers uh, all the way to the top. So every trifoliate has a flower on it. So if you're staging a bean... That would make them R2, full flower. Many of these are being sprayed for weeds right now as well. And the question is, what effect will burning a bean have if it's already at R2 on yield? And that goes back to our plots and what we've showed you in the winter meetings. We've showed you that burning beans before or up to R1 tends to stimulate yield, shorten internodes, and cause more pod set, more branching. But once we get into R2 and beyond as we burn beans, uh, it causes too much pot abortion uh, and uh, flower abortion. And a bean that's in that R3 window, if it aborts all of its flowers, doesn't have as much time to put those flowers back on. So it can lead to a yield loss. I like the fact that you guys are paying enough attention to the details to realize that you have beans at R2 and full flower. If we burn these beans right now it will cause flower abortion now there's no pods out there so we're not going to abort pods the question is why are these beans at r2 almost a month early well we know beans are flowering is triggered by night length each maturity range has a trigger point usually after the summer solstice as the nights start to get longer it'll hit the trigger point and flowering will start and we're into the reproductive stages and that happens no matter what size of the plant. This year early beans planted early in abnormal warm conditions. Some of these beans had enough growth on them to actually start flowering uh, as the nights were getting shorter before the solstice. So for instance here at Hayworth, night length on May 31st as the is this as nights are getting shorter is the same length as it is on the other side of the solstice as they're getting longer on July 12th so beans that have uh, hit the trigger date uh, on both sides of that so these beans are flowering early because they hit the trigger date on the back side of the solstice The, the trigger date again being tied to night length So as we get through the solstice and our uh, nights get longer, it'll hit the trigger, the same trigger zone again on the other side. So in essence, you're going to have two trigger dates. So these beans that are flowering now will slow down and they'll come to a pause and then they'll fire back up in their flowering process uh, when they're supposed to on the other side of the solstice. Some of these early flowers probably will catch and they'll give us early pods. So for the pest boss, that makes it a little bit harder trying to stage these beans out there in R3 and R5 because you could have some very early pods and then some very uh, immature pods uh, coming on as you're back on time for that bean. Now, if we could hang on to these pods, these early flowers, uh, it would be a good thing. But weed control's gotta come first. Do what you need to do to get these weeds under control if it is possible, to clean up the weeds on these early flowering beans and not uh, cause uh, burning, uh, then it's a situation where it probably um, would relate to a better pod set. I think some of the bigger yields that we see on our early beans planted early comes from this issue. In essence, we get a longer pod set, a longer fill time on those beans. So again, focus on weed control first, especially in your non-GMO beans. Remember, these aren't really what we think about as an R2 bean with some immature pods on the plant itself. These are early flowering beans. So we still have our regular window. Uh, to set the pods and keep it moving so focus first on the weed control and and then from there um, if the opportunity allows you to not burn them um, you know give it a shot I think we need to put in more plots and learn just how valuable this two stage of flowering is especially on those early beans post spraying is in full gear so let's all work together out there to eliminate as many issues of off target as possible remember your retailer can't spray all the acres in that one hour the wind is in the right direction things are looking really good here at corn college uh, we this week we did a little planting a little spraying a little side dressing a splash of irrigation to keep things on target for the corn soybean college event this weather stress has been perfect for some of our infield teaching events if we were the cause of the dry conditions, I feel sorry for our neighbors, but you'll see some uh, pretty neat stuff here in July at the Corn Bean College uh, coming up. I got a call from, our, from the Canadian pest boss. They said they're dealing with a really bad infestation of walleye. And he was wondering if we could come up and help them out with this walleye problem. I know some of you are thinking, Ken, all the years you've been going up there, can't they handle this by themselves by now? Well apparently not just yet. So Zach and I will be on our way to help our northern neighbors by the time you hear the podcast. There will not be a podcast next week but I'll give you a fishing report when we get back. But uh, the guys will be here. Katie, Isaac, Matt. They'll take care of all your needs while we're gone. uh, From nitrates to soil testing you name it. Uh, You can still just call the office and the guys will the guys will handle it. You'll be in good hands. To stay up to date, check out our website at croptechinc.com and subscribe to our podcast boots in the field report. Keep her safe, keep her moving.